0: What's up, this is Criminal Perspective, I'm Chris, and on this episode I'm gonna have Dr. Megan Sachs and Dr. Amy Schlossberg from the awesome podcasts Women in Crime and Direct Appeal. And it was super cool talking to them because there's a few podcasts that I feel kind of a kinship to. There's a lot of parallels to what we do, and I feel like our podcasts are, are cousins. And um, this is their their podcast, Women in Crime, is is definitely one of them. And they're both amazing criminologists and super awesome at what they do, and just fantastic people. So I thought that the listeners of this show, if you're not familiar with their show, you probably should be. So I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'll be back with them, and we're going to have an awesome conversation about crime and podcasts podcasting and all that cool stuff so uh yeah check out women in crime and direct appeal and uh i'll be right back with megan Sachs and amy schlossberg mm-hmm. Do you want us to clap
1: or anything? <laughs> Woo! No, I mean, to, like, because...
0: care for ourselves. <laughs>
1: no, it's no, I mean
2: like, like it syncs
0: it,
1: it up, sinks it up sometimes with
0: audio. No, no, there's okay. no need okay. to do that, so, like <laughs> ritualistic weird stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when, no. When I, 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 the first time I saw people do that, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> I still don't know
2: why we do it. But James <laughs> links the fire. I know, I know what the purpose is, yeah, but like, I don't
0: like, get it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I know why, but it's still silly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I have <laughs> Dr. Megan Sachs and Dr. Amy Schlossberg. <laughs> I try yeah. to say that, but I sound... Sch- schlo- I don't know how to say it either.
1: Megan, you had it right. Schlossberg,
0: Schloss, <laughs> Schlossberg. Did Just I call did? me
1: slosh. It sounds cooler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Schlossster. Yeah. Um. I like that. people
1: used to say in high school, like let's get sloshed. You oh, know, that makes perfect yeah. <laughs> sense.
0: <laughs> Cause you're an alcoholic. Um.
1: Hey, that's how we're starting this. That's college <laughs> days. Come
0: on. Oh no, this, <laughs> it's all downhill. I don't want I don't want to get into a brain battle with you two. Um. <laughs> Anyways, you have awesome podcasts, Women in Crime and Direct Appeal. Um, let's talk about them. So, first, give us some background about yourselves and tell us how you got into podcasting.
2: Cool. Well, we're both criminologists. Um, <coughs> Sorry, Amy just coughed over me, yeah. mine. But okay, <laughs> so we both have PhDs in criminology. I have a master's in criminal justice, and I worked as a federal probation officer before I got into academia. Mm. We've been Uh, I've been a criminology professor at Fairleigh Dickinson for about 10 years. We have also lots of offenders, and you understand, who will reach out to us. They write to us for help. They just want to talk sometimes. And we had an offender who um, reached out to us and was interested in telling her story. And her story was that she was convicted of the murder and dismemberment of her husband and claimed that it was a wrongful conviction. So that's how the podcast Direct Appeal began, just with me meeting with her and, you know, thinking about her story. And it was really compelling. I was like, it's really interesting, but what do we do with it? And then, yeah. you know, our producer, or now our producer, said, you got to do a podcast. And Amy had already introduced me to, you know, true crime podcasts and whatnot. So I turned to Amy and said, you got to do this with me um, because I can't do it myself. And that's how we got
1: into Direct Appeal. You want to yeah. talk about your background a little? Sure. Uh, My background's not too different from Megan, except I have my master's in forensic psychology. So I come a little bit from the mental health field. And I also worked with the Innocence Project for several years. So a lot of my research interest is in wrongful convictions. Um, Also, a big part of what I do is I teach college in various correctional institutions throughout New Jersey. So, you know, Megan writes her books with offenders. I work with offenders, you know, um, you know, the ones that are trying to get you know, their college degree in prison. Yeah. So, um, our second podcast, women in crime after direct appeal, we were getting tons of letters, even more so than usual of people, not only suggesting cases, but people saying, Hey, can you look into my loved one's case? And there was just a lot of interest and Megan teaches women in crime and no one had taken the name women in crime yet. So we we're like, Oh, how <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> <happened."> <laughs> and we felt like doing something episodic might be fun because yeah. Direct Appeal was serialized and a ton of work. It took two years. This is more, you know, it's what we do anyway. We, we share an office. I'm also a professor at um, Fairleigh Dickinson University. We share an office, we bullshit about cases, why they do this, how this happened, what policies came out of this. So we figured why not just start recording ourselves doing it. So that's kind yeah. of how it happened.
0: Genius, sheer genius
1: what can I say <laughs> together? We have great ideas, you
0: know? No, so seriously women in crime, I, I, I haven't heard direct appeal and I'm not a huge fan of the, you know, the serialized podcast, but I will give it a try. However, I do listen to women in crime and it is fucking awesome. It's fantastic. And what struck me about it is I thought I had it figured out. So when I checked it out, I thought, okay, these are going to be cases of women and it is cases of women, but I see you cover other women who are not criminals, who are work in the field of crime and things like that. So it's literally like all around, full three hundred and sixty women in crime. And I was like, oh, pleasantly surprised. And it's, I mean, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's so smart. So, thank you. What, what, who compels you? Like, what, how do you decide who you want to run an episode on for women <laughs> in crime?
2: That's such a great question. When we first started, we made lists of just. Females that interested us for you know whatever reason, and the lists were so long, and we had so many. Like right? so you have victims, you have offenders. Sometimes they're one and the same. You have female trail, trailblazers who we admire. For me, it's almost mood wise. Like I, I have yeah. so many cases that interest me, and I've been teaching women in crime long enough that I have a roster. But it'll be like a case that I loved two months ago. It doesn't sit today. And right. today, when I write a case, I'm like, this is what I'm really like. I'm I'm really totally interested in, you know, serial offending right now or, you know, I'm watching the news and this is what's happening. So I swear the mood just has to like strike me. I like doing the female trailblazers a lot. I love seeing females make a splash in our field. Um, But yeah, I got to tell you, it's, they're all issues that interest us. And Mm -hmm. Amy and I actually wind up picking very different cases.
1: Yeah. I've really, first of all, we try to do, we have Patreon, so when they mm-hmm. you know when they suggest a case, we like to you know try to you know our listeners and our supporters, we try to you know we keep a running list of cases. What do we have? Like hundreds of cases. But for <laughs> throw, me, throw
0: a dart at a yeah a ex- on the wall
1: exactly. But for me, I like to do cases that bring up some controversy of some sort or some discussion. A, you know, a new law was made because of this, or yeah. a policy, or this person looks like they did something so wrong, but what happened to them that caused them to do this? And, you know, just something that we can critically analyze and it's not so straightforward. And as you know, nothing's so straightforward, but certain cases, like I love cases where it's a potential wrongful conviction, obviously Mm -hmm. cases when, you know, a mother kills her children or things that are just shocking um, that you just, we cannot understand it, And we try to understand it.
2: Well, I like doing cases that in which we can rely heavily on like criminological theory. Those are my favorite because mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, that's what we teach. We look at the causes of crime. So I love when we can take cases and try and to you break can actually them.
0: exercise it.
2: I love it. I mean most just t-
0: your face right there. You're like, "Oh, nothing like it." <laughs> <laughs> you just said that like, "Yeah." God
2: damn it. Yes, <laughs> no. I really do. Not every case is going to be, you know, as right. criminologically driven. Some just but the ones that are, like mm-hmm. we did a case we were recorded earlier today and I was like, "Let me talk about the theories." And I got excited. I get jazzed about that. That's part. how I
1: feel about the policy. Part. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm jazzed about
2: so the, the theories will drive the policy, right? Like if you figure out the causes of crime, you figure out how to produce, mm-hmm. uh, produce, prevent, or reduce crime. Mm-hmm. So, right, you know, they, they right. kind of go hand in hand. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's a great, great point. Um, all right. So Megan, let me ask you, I'll start with you and then I'll ask Amy. Everybody has a case that they're just absolutely fucking obsessed with.
1: I knew he was going to say it. <laughs> I, I, it's,
0: the, it's, the, it's basically a standard question at this point because everybody knows yeah. this is true. Yeah. Everybody has a case that just, if for some, whatever reason, it stands out to them and they just, you know, they can't stay away from it. What's, Megan, what's the case for you?
2: I mean, I have more than one. Is that okay or no? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, there, there can
0: definitely be multiple. I won't list a
2: hundred, but I can tell you. We <laughs> give, recent- me,
0: give me top three.
2: Okay. <laughs> we recently covered Cindy James. <laughs> No, that can, was going to be one of mine. Cindy James is the most bizarre case I have ever covered. Have you heard, heard of it? Have you I heard, have heard of not? It? She, you have to look into this. She was a woman in the 19. I think it was the 19. Was it 80s? Yeah. She was basically victimized. Like you could. It was. She was being stalked. But eventually, it became so bizarre and weird, and eventually, she died. But the controversy comes in that. A lot of the people um, who investigated thought she was doing it to herself and thinks that it all may have been some type of attention getting disorder. I've never heard of such Weird. bizarre incidents. If you look into the case, you'll become obsessed too. I mean, our, some of our um, listeners too wrote me long emails about like, I went down the rabbit hole on this one. Here's what <laughs> I think. I think she had a boyfriend who like, it was a, it's a crazy case. <laughs> It's going to stay with me forever. I would love to know what happened. Uh, The direct appeal case was on Melanie McGuire. And I mean, I will always, always, always wish that we knew exactly what happened. Because that took up three years of your life. We still don't know what actually happened. Um, so,
0: so how do you feel? Do you feel, do you lean towards the probability that she's innocent or that?
2: Yeah. I lean towards that probability, but even if she is, I just want to know what happened. Yeah. I, who, if, if it's not her, then who, or right. was she involved? It not, I think about it at night. I analyze like pieces of this at night. Yeah. And then just because I've never been able to get over, I just can't get over not knowing either what happen it's it's
0: tough when you get trapped in those gray areas of the cases because that really just like haunts you
2: the Melanie case and, haunts me. It, I mean, it really it haunts me all the time. I had thought, like, after we went with the podcast, or after we did, um, you know, we did a twenty twenty episode. I'm like, this is it. All the tips are going to come flooding in. We're going to figure this out. We're going to solve this case, <laughs> and we still haven't. It, and it makes me crazy. And I, like yeah. I said, John Bonet still makes me nuts too. Cause I would just love to know what happened to John Benet too.
0: So, so hold on. Everybody has a theory. <laughs> so, give, give me your theory, professional or unprofessional. Everybody's got one. Yeah, lay theory, it on me. My theory was,
2: had changed, but I'll let you know. I never, ever, ever thought her parents did it. Like, I've just never thought that her parents had it. I, I, I,
0: I always have thought it's an outside intruder. I really okay. do. So, Thanks.
2: for some time, I was convinced that, or not convinced, but I thought it was possible that her brother did it. And it was just a horrible accident. And like the parents just tried to cover it up. And no. then I got off of that. And now I believe it was absolutely an outside intruder. Uh, someone who knew her and the family someone mm-hmm. who kind of was late you know waiting um but I don't know I think it was probably a situation where maybe they were going to abduct her but then it went wrong and that's why they killed her and it, right. you know mm-hmm. I don't know that's it that's all I got it, yeah. I would give anything to know
0: I am I'm am right there with you on that you and I are eye to eye on that right okay here, so. yeah Usually I, I would I would talk some serious shit to you if you would have said it was the brother and but no we're, no, we're that we are good
2: yeah we're good <laughs> thank you I can't
1: wait okay. to hear Amy's cases I I can't, I can't wait
0: to hear Amy's cases
1: well Cindy James would definitely be one for me as well and I would urge you to take a look into it um, I'm intrigued just no. listen to our episode on it that's all you need yeah. it's, uh, you're going down the rabbit hole yeah, yeah you are I'm, you're going get ready you're going yeah I'm gonna check it out <laughs> yeah. um Sherry Papini.
0: Why does, it, why does that sound so familiar? Is, is that a missing woman?
1: She, well, she was allegedly kidnapped while on a jog. Um, you know, middle class, you mm-hmm. know, young, beautiful, blonde girl, went for a jog, apparently got kidnapped and then resurfaced 22 days later, claiming that she was kidnapped by two Hispanic women. Um, a lot of people believe that it was staged and it was a hoax, but it's wild. It's really, cause she was, she resurfaced 22 days later. There was never any evidence, nor did she say she was sexually assaulted. She was beat. She had a broken nose. She had her hair chopped off. She was shackled. I
0: think I remember this. Was she like jogging in the AM? Like when it was still dark out or something? Apparently? No,
1: unfortunately there's just no. so many of these that they start oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah. no, she was just jogging like, um, you know, midday, um, by her home in you know, California, but. You know, a lot of people. She went into hiding, and no one really knows what happened. There's a lot more to it. I don't want to give it all away. Again, yeah. another case we covered. Check it out because oh I'm my gosh. curious what you think. This one hasn't aired yet. But this one, I will say when oh, Amy- it didn't air
2: yet. No, it oh. hasn't aired yet. It hasn't okay. aired yet. But when you brought it and recorded it, I was like dumbfounded. So just Google it. it. It's
1: crazy. No, no, <laughs>
0: I'm not googling it. No? I'm going to okay. wait for Yay. the episode. Yeah, okay. and, and, do and it then that Google. Way. It. Okay, yeah, good. That's yeah, right and I, if i have any questions after that then google okay
1: can. good okay. good <laughs> All right. no, um, and the then source. yeah and then lavina johnson for sure who is
0: lavina johnson
1: oh, lavina johnson such a tragic story she was a woman who was she was a 20 year old soldier in the
2: army yeah. and she was you know she was young had her future in front of her and she was killed and the army tried to say that it was suicide but and there was so many injuries that were
1: absolutely I mean this, this poor this poor woman I mean someone had poured corrosive chemicals on her genitals and they're claiming that she did this to herself she was shot with like a gun but you know the gun was laying down next to her it was her. nowhere like near couldn't have been close yeah. enough to her again this family they have you know tried so hard to get justice for her and you know luckily there's you know i think the more people that cover it the more people hear about yeah, it yeah, and absolutely. but you that should case check was it. undercovered well because the conspiracy theory or perhaps what really happened is she was potentially well she was sexually assaulted by possibly somebody who was higher than her and this mm. might have been a way to you know shut her up or maybe she saw something she shouldn't have seen, but it kind of goes along with all those conspiracies about what goes on in the military and the coverups when there's, you know, sexual assault and women involved. So it's
0: regardless, crazy- that's, that's Ugh. fucking somewhat validating or uh, I, I mean, in some regard because that's fucking horrible. That's scary. <laughs>
2: It's terrible. It's a terrible case. And I cannot believe that the army is still insisting that it was suicide. If you look at the extent of her injuries, no you could, you could actually see
1: is going to believe that. You could see yeah. the crime scene online. They have a picture of the crime scene. And for anyone to even insinuate that she had done this to herself is just ludicrous. ludicrous. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to look <laughs> into this one. So um, that
1: one, we have our episode, that one's already on our feed. So you could oh check yeah. it out. But I urge oh, you to man. check out the crime scene photos and you'll be just absolutely disgusted. I mean, I barely scratched the surface on, you know, you know the evidence, but. Oh my gosh. So I'll stop so, there.
0: <laughs> <It's yeah>. like, <laughs> unless you want to all
1: start crying in a minute. I mean,
0: I can't. <laughs> uh, I'm ready. I brought my, uh, my crying You're crying. I thought you were going to say I brought my crying game. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Great movie. So tell me about what it's like being a college professor. Is it boring?
1: (laughs) 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 Amy, I'll let you go first. Well, it depends. I mean, teaching students who are incarcerated is. The best thing I've ever done with my life. It's the only thing that makes me happy.
0: <laughs> Don't tell
1: my kids. I said everything
0: else is sheer misery.
1: <laughs> Aww, that's not true. You like happy hour too. I like happy hour. <laughs> not right. no, I'm just kidding. I love my family, but uh, the point yeah, is yeah, they're all right. But they're okay. The point is that for me, I've always loved teaching. Once I started teaching that population,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: really painful for me to be on a college campus teaching to be honest yeah, do you no, get, that's
0: fair. Do, with, with the inmates, do you get really invested in their learning? Do you get disappointed if someone doesn't make it or, I mean, or, or can you separate yourself from that?
1: They all make it. Um, really? So this is why, because they're getting their bachelor's from rookers. So there was a very, there's, there's quite a vetting process. Not anyone can be in the program. They have to obviously get their GED. They have to have no institutional infractions. There's a laundry list. There's a huge wait list. So mm. once students make it to that program, in my six years of teaching, I've only encountered maybe one or two students who didn't do great. And it was because they had, you know, personal things going on. But they are rock stars, these students. They're mm-hmm. really They're the best the, of the best. Yeah, they're the cream of the crop. I mean, Megan's met a lot of them. Um, oh, yeah. We do work with a lifers group. Um, oh, really? Is, yeah. Do you know about them?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've heard the albums.
1: The albums?
0: Yeah, they have albums out. <laughs> the the like life, you're used... talking
1: about Railway from Railway. Yeah. Really? They've they actually yeah, they, I don't think I even knew that.
0: Yep. They're a major record label produced, I think it was two albums from them in the early nineties. I know you can go on YouTube and find uh, them.
1: No shit. I'm totally I they not. never mentioned that. So Megan All those and guys,
0: not. Crazy Chris and uh Oh, oh know, they were the, they the old were the, school guys yeah, from the nineties. yeah. That's
2: why they're the generation right before the ones that we've been. <laughs> so
1: interestingly, with. when I was an undergrad It was in 2000 and maybe 2001, 2002, I was taking a crim class and the teacher took us to visit the lifers on a class trip. And now I take my students to visit the lifers. So Megan and I both take students, um, obviously prior to COVID. Mm -hmm. So that's how, you know, and I also teach at Railway. So a lot of my students are the lifers and then Megan has the lifers right for her book. So, you know, we're kind of I got to check out this music thing. I'm like excited <laughs> so about it now. Oh, it's they have awesome. Our, they have our name graffitied on the wall. It's so cool. Yes, that's oh kind of cool. That's so cool. <laughs> so so nice. do
0: they, I got to ask, do they still do that scared straight where they get like,
1: no, like they're the old not. school
0: style where they get in their face and. No, they're,
2: they're not allowed to do that. They suspended really? that because this is crazy. Um, I don't know the exact story, so I'll, I'll I'll just keep it short. But basically one of the, it wasn't like one of the inmates scared the crap out of one of the kids. It was like one of the, visiting kids got violent with an inmate and wow. it became like an alter a physical altercation and they suspended it after that and decided it was too much of a risk
0: i'm surprised it didn't happen long people love
2: people love the idea of scared shape programs but you know if you look at the research they don't work at all they don't no, they do it's, not it's a <laughs> terrible just, idea and a yeah. terrible
0: concept yes. The the material that's out there is already out there i think it's hilarious there's nothing mm-hmm. i can do to make it go away so i might as <laughs> no. well enjoy it yes. however it's not an effective program in the least and it never should have been around in the first place
1: it's like there, like the worst
2: program ever oh
0: yeah it's (laughs) crap
2: whereas the lifers program is awesome because students come in with preconceived notions of what it's going to be like to meet um, certain offenders and they come in Mm -hmm. you can see they're physically tense sometimes they're nervous after an hour and a half sitting down doing an open
1: discussion they leave with a completely different perspective it it benefits them i would say miles and it benefits they're going home to sit at dinner tables with family members right. who have preconceived notions. And the more students that we bring there, the, you know, the more we can break down all of these stereotypes of the fact that yeah. people inside are animals and they're not redeemable. And, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know I if your family that. felt that way, but my yeah, mom actually told me my-, <laughs> well, my mom was completely
2: changed. She said yeah. by everything that I brought home and what she's learned, she has completely different views on the criminal justice system than she did 20 years ago. Yeah. no, that's
1: good.
0: I, I think still, even these days where people should be a bit more enlightened on that is there's still a ton of ignorance regarding that, you know, how, how inmates really are. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, people still see them as, as their actions and not as people who,
1: well, they're being defined as the worst thing they ever did. Like, if yes. I was to find this the worst thing I ever you know all of us have done awful things in our life don't even and, and, and these
0: people are not fully aware <laughs> not talking about Amy? <laughs> and these these well also the people aren't fully aware of their process through the justice system which is unique for everybody you can't look at everybody's case and just mm-hmm. think oh went through the same way this and that there's yep. subtleties and mm-hmm. like I said uniquenesses and people I still think that a lot a lot of people are still incredibly ignorant to all of this stuff uh, I
2: think so as well yeah although I do see at least people ask me about how I feel about the criminal justice system and reform now and I'm actually witnessing some changes that make me feel Mm -hmm. I always still feel cautiously optimistic about where we're going and I see things that do give me some hope and make me feel
1: I don't, like I said, just slightly optimistic. Well, we're in a better place now than we were ten years. In,
2: in such a better place since we got our PhDs. Even like I used to write about bail reform, and now there's a real bail reform movement, and like yes. lots of states have passed new bail legislation. So like that makes mm. me feel encouraged. Amy writes yep. about wrongful convictions, okay. and now you see wrongful convictions
1: are getting you know much more attention now. And, and not absolutely. only that, you're seeing there's actually changes at the legal level right. of you know a lot of states say that you're going to use eyewitness testimony, there has to be corroboration. That can't be something that's always going to lock there's also right? in the prosecutor's office exoneration units now
2: I so i mean yeah.
0: that's the a major stuff yeah, it's like it's right crazy i remember so, so. It, it, yeah in in it was in 2000 i got a cd it was by henry rollins and it was a compilation to benefit the west memphis Three. Oh. Um, and wow. that got me into that case and yes. i was obsessed yeah and i would uh, donate money to the their fund mm-hmm. and everything and then that led me into more cases in 2003 i helped raise funds for mumi abu jamal yeah uh Jeez. i and i just got way way into it and mm-hmm. you know um those wrongful conviction cases are fucking crazy. I'm talking to two people right now who I sincerely believe were wrongfully convicted. Who? Do you
1: mind me asking? Uh, or- I can say
0: one is um, he's on Florida's death row. His name is Tommy Ziegler. Okay, and that uh, name
2: sounds so yeah. familiar. I know yeah. that one. I feel like I've heard of that too. Yeah, I know that. Is, I know him, is what I mean.
0: Sorry. Yeah, convicted for murdering his family. And um, the uh, private investigator, a good private investigator named Lynn Marie Cardi, really dug into the case and mm-hmm. pulled out all this is stuff. Is it an
1: arson
0: and, case? Uh, I. I can't remember if there was okay. arson or not. He, okay. It was it was at his business. Uh, Everybody was shot. He was shot included, oh, was but shot. they said that it was. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, know um, this one. I thoroughly believe that Tommy's innocent. And then there's another guy who I'm actually going to have on the show very soon. I'm doing an okay. ep- a whole episode about him. Mm. His name is Christopher Bennett, and he's in Virginia. And he um, he did kill his father. That's undisputed. However. Um, what happened was he broke into the home to get a check that his father uh, was going to give him to testify in court so that his younger sisters were not taken from the father's custody. So Chris brought a gun with him in there, but it wasn't loaded. And his friend gave him one shell for the rifle and he put it in his pocket. When Chris was inside the house, he says that he saw his father molesting his six-year-old sister. And after that happened, he shot his dad in the head in the living room. And then he was tried and convicted for uh, murder with a special circumstance of robbery. He faced the death penalty. He didn't get it. Um, wow. But I talked to, I talked to the sister uh, who was, the six-year-old sister at the time, she cooperates everything. And wow. uh, I spoke with Chris, who was severely molested and beaten by his father, incred- horribly oh, wow. abused. And I also got an email from his mother because Chris also told me that his dad was, <laughs> and, and this is not his biological father. I, I, I don't even know if he adopted him legally or not. Um, Chris told me that the dad had previously molested another little boy and oh god we had seen legal papers about it and i was like well i'm I'm gonna need someone to back that up and chris's mom actually emailed me and said hey I, I did see these legal papers it was his uh former stepson he was seven years old his name was this his nickname was this and i was just like holy shit like after talking to chris so extensively i really do think that he saw his dad molesting his sister and he shot his dad in the head
2: okay i um, got it
0: Yeah, so um, that's an interesting case. I actually don't know that one. No, that's really do you know? um,
2: I forgot the other one that I uh, one of the cases I didn't put on my top three, but I I probably would put it somewhere. Darlie, yep, Darlie Rudier. I used to talk to her. Really, the (laughs) Darlie Rudier. We covered this case. I really believe Darlie's innocent.
0: Do you really? Yeah, you don't. I haven't made up my mind. I'll tell, and I'll tell you why. And yeah. it's because I'm, I'm hung up on technicalities here. Okay. okay so what?
2: Yeah. I can't wait. I'm like, if I, if
0: I was a juror on the case, I would not have convicted her.
2: Because okay. Fair.
0: I, I think that they put, they kind of poison their minds a little with the, you know, the videos and the silly mm-hmm. string and all that stupid bullshit that just yeah. had nothing to do with mm-hmm. anything.
2: Right.
0: You know, that's not evidence. Um, and I, I, I do think that there is a lot to dispute that she did it. However, I wouldn't have felt comfortable convicting her in a court of law.
2: Because you think there's uh, reasonable doubt. Got it. Right, right. But.
0: Uh, can, can I say <laughs> that I think she's innocent? No. I do think there are some funky things. The sock being far away and the time between when the boy was stabbed and how, how long it took for him to die and how long it took for paramedics to get there. She could not have gone and put that sock where they found it and have gotten back in time. And, um, you know, so there's some funky things like that, but but. (laughs) yeah, but at the same time, there's still, you know, the, the, the knife wound is, I, I think she used her dominant hand, which the wound was on the opposite side. And, um, of course, she wouldn't have known when to start and stop. So, you know, saying, oh, well, it was so close. It almost nicked her carotid her. Is she? I don't think she knew. you think someone would actually.
2: But do you think like someone I've seen cases where people gave themselves wounds in the leg and the arm? Mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe someone would slip, try to slip their throat as a cover up. Yeah,
0: she did, she did have a, a suicide note in the house. I don't recall the suicide. Note. Uh, she de- she de- there's definitely a suicide note in the house. I remember.
2: I remember I remember she had written in the diary once. It about was in being the yeah, something. Okay.
0: There's something yeah, there's something okay. in the diary about, you know, her wanting to kill herself or something like being, that. She
2: so, she had some she had postpartum at some point and I know she was depressed. Right, but right. I mean, okay. All right. So oh, wait, so is there anything else?
0: Off the off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that really fits into the dispute but yeah so i'm 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 fence. undecided on it i can't i can't bring myself to swing one way or the other. I'm not compelled enough one way or the other. And got I think it. that that's the the really shitty thing about her case is that, it, and I think she might not go anywhere. I think it's in this weird limbo because of she was convicted, unfortunately. And now she's in the uphill battle of appeals, which mm-hmm. is so fucking hard on death row. And she's she's a, the innocent, she, ha- she has an innocent project behind,
2: her, now, project behind but just... her, but she also has been waiting forever to get, to, she got approval for DNA testing. And now, of course, like, you know, now you just wait for a couple yep. of years until- I don't know if it's that, it takes that long to test it or it's that one side opposes it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like there's a motion to stall. There's a motion for this. There's a backlog. So she's just going to wait. I'm curious to see what the DNA turnout is though.
0: It's, I mean, it's one of those things where if she was found innocent or, you know, they overturned her conviction, I wouldn't be like, Oh, that's fucking crazy. She killed her kid, you know? Right. But
2: right. Gotcha.
0: I, I'm, I'm just kind of neutral. I'm just watching. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can't, I really can't bring myself to say one way or the other that I think she did or didn't do it. I think it's such a, a ridiculously unique case. And it the really evidence is. is so, you know, it's, it, you don't see anything else like that. It's hard to find another case to compare it to. So it's kind so of too. like in a weird situation.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Agreed.
0: Um, yeah. Other than Darlie, what's, what's another case that uh, a female case that really stands out to you?
1: Oh, other uh, than Darlie? Mean, other I'm than obs- Darlie. Yeah. I'm also obsessed with Joanne Park's Oh, um, Joanne Parks.
0: See, I'm st- I'm like yeah. I'm asking because I'm so yeah. interested now, and I know you're so, going to tell me this stuff, and I'm just like right. i'm hanging on to every word. So right. Joanne
1: Parks did get paroled recently, right? Remember, she Wait. got. I, I'm pretty sure she got paroled, but yes. she served a very long time and has not yet been exonerated for the murder of her three children. There was an they claim it was arson, but it was such junk science, like Mm. using very old arson techniques. And the science has since been debunked and this poor woman lost her three children and lost her life. And I truly believe she's innocent.
0: Wow. What state was that in?
1: um, California.
0: Hmm, That's Um, interesting. Yeah. There's a lot. And
1: again, I'm I'm giving you a very like brief version, but um, I mean, there's so many wrongful conviction cases that are just, you know, when somebody is, wrongfully convicted of killing their children. It's yeah. just another level of, you know, because you're talking about someone who's grieving their child, like the Patricia Stallings case. Oh yeah. Sorry that you're, you opened up the can. Sorry. No, I, w- <laughs> I want
0: it open. Let it, let oh. it flow.
1: <laughs> so Patricia Stallings was wrongfully convicted of killing her newborn baby. And it turned out that he had a genetic disorder that caused his death. And oh, wow. it took a second child being born who suffered from the same disorder that they realized that this was. Or else she, but for that, she'd still she'd be in, she'd still if be in she prison it, for if her she, life. So she got pregnant while she was awaiting trial. She ended up having her baby while survey. well, actually while awaiting trial, she ended up having her child in jail, shackled. Child got taken away from her. Child got put in you know, custody in mm-hmm. foster care while she sat in prison because she was convicted of killing her first baby. And that second baby ended up having similar symptoms to which the first baby had died from and led them to look into what, you know, mysterious illness this child had. And it turns out they both had the same genetic disorder.
0: That's so crazy. What are the chances? You know, had she not been pregnant with that second child, she would. Say I
1: she think
2: she would still in there. I think yeah. she would have died in prison. I'm have. also, by the way, obsessed with the Amanda Lewis case. Do you know Amanda mm-hmm. Lewis?
0: I don't, but I'm. I, I want to know, so please tell me.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this one I covered a while ago. She's a. She's a Florida mom. She's incarcerated now. Spoiler alert, which we probably already knew, but she was yeah. convicted of drowning her six-year-old daughter, Adriana. Oh. And, or I'm sorry, Adriana might have been younger. It might have been AJ who was six and Adriana yeah. was four. And Amanda was basically, she drowned in the in the backyard pool.
1: Not Amanda, the daughter. I'm is sorry, the...
2: Amanda's the mom. Uh, Adriana drowned in the pool yeah. and she called the cops. And initially everyone thought that this was a drowning. It was Florida. You know, that's a common yeah, yeah. place for drowning. I'm not sure she had the proper safety precautions. Um, so initially I thought this, but the her six-year-old son, AJ told his grandparents but we don't know if he told them this through coaxing or like on his own that mm-hmm. he saw mommy push adriana in the pool and this he became held
1: her down or no like yeah. push her
2: push her yeah. head down sorry Whoa, push her wow. head down in the yeah. pool and so this became really really controversial because he's six years old and and yeah he was the star witness of this trial and it's the saddest thing oh my god he's sitting in the courtroom when you watch it and there's this moment when he realizes that his mom's in the courtroom with him, and he starts crying. I mean, mm. it—it's literally one of the. It moves me to tears.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: there was a lot of like character things used to condone her, like she
1: was. Like the house was dirty. The, the house thing. was dirty. Yeah, it, it was just, a huge character. Like
0: unlivably sensation. dirty or just yeah. messy, or they
1: just found everything they could to try to yeah. say that she was a bad mom. Okay. I mean, I thought it was pretty dirty, but I, you know, but I'm, not I'm child afraid. abuse level no
2: i don't think so and they said she didn't have many toys for the kids and they said a lot of things but then when they went through aj's testimony you know because children unfortunately are not the most reliable witnesses a lot of his stories changed and they changed a lot of times Mm -hmm. so she was convicted she adamantly maintains her innocence based on what i saw i couldn't have convicted her am i positive i lean towards her innocence am i positive no but i would absolutely love to know what right. really happened. I wish there was a way mm-hmm. to show this. There's so many, there's so many theories on what could have happened to her yeah. and how she would have drowned and, mm-hmm. and why. So anyway, yeah. that's another case. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. It's so crazy when you, you just, when you know somebody knows and they know for sure and uh-huh. you just want them to convince you. I
2: know. I just want someone everybody. to tell me, <laughs> yeah. please someone tell me what happened to John Bidet and Bill McGuire. Oh, I,
0: so Uh, there's a few months back I spoke to a woman named Amanda Beatty and she's in the Tennessee prison for women for the death of her two-year-old son Levi and what happened was Levi was brutally 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 beaten his spinal cord was fractured I mean I cannot tell you the extent of injuries this little boy got and uh and, and this was over time, he had gone to the hospital in the past for breaks and things like that. And, uh, it was always explained away. She had her kids taken away a couple of times. I think it was due to drugs. And I know that one time when Levi, she took Levi to the hospital with a broken arm, uh, you know, they called DCF on her. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: did she have a live-in boyfriend too?
0: She did. Uh, His name was Roger Prince. And when she got her kids back a month later, um, I don't think she was living with Roger at the time, but uh, Roger was watching Levi. She was out doing something. She comes back and she tries to tell me that he was holding Levi and Levi was eating a cookie. And she went to go get him something to eat in the kitchen. And when she came back, Roger said that he was choking on a cookie. He wasn't moving. They got a firefighter who was a neighbor upstairs, uh, you know, Levi eventually died and they discovered the extent of injuries that he had on him. Um, but she, you know, I, I thought her story, I thought she was so full of shit and I, I called her out on it and uh, she never admitted to it, but later said something when asked, I, I believe my, my former co-host asked her, why did you lie? And she said something like, I was nervous. So I don't know what she lied to me about, but she definitely mm. lied to me and her story doesn't make sense. And... It doesn't
2: make sense on the face of what you just said.
0: But but the thing is, I don't know what role she played. I I, right. I would love to know. I would love to know if she stood back and let her boyfriend mm-hmm. beat her son to death or if she was actively participating in the mm-hmm. abuse i'd love to know this reminds
2: like, me of the gabriel fernandez right his story yes. with his mo- mother yeah, who yeah. had the boyfriend and mm-hmm. even though bo- i'm so glad both of them were convicted um but oh yeah it's still i wondered after two the exact same thing was what mm-hmm. role did she play was she actively also abusing him or was she just sitting back and uh you know letting her boyfriend but i mean right so i guess guess
0: this would be more of a question for amy but why do you think that women who engage in those types of crimes uh behave that way why why do they why, why are we still puzzled with their actions and everything do you think there's some sort of a personality disorder what what's happening there
1: you mean why are we as outsiders so fast? No, oh, like why?
0: Why do those so? Why do they not just say, "Okay, this was my role in this," or oh. or or? Are oh,
1: you mean
2: the, the women who kill the their children? Who yeah. Killed them? Yeah. Who do yeah, you mean? Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, like like those two examples we just named, like Amanda Beatty and yeah. the in the yeah. Gabriel Fernandez case, like.
1: I mean, wh- it could be. It's like, why does anyone lie? Why does anyone? You know, you're ashamed of what you did, or sometimes people really convince themselves that, you know, the way I feel about like the Melanie McGuire case, I I think that Melanie did not physically kill anyone with her hands. So mm-hmm. she has been able to remove herself enough to convince herself that she's not the person responsible. So even if she hired someone or helped someone do something, I think sometimes people feel like if they're not the one who, you know, put the nail in the coffin, then, you know, then they can you know, make themselves like, like kind at a safe of distance.
0: disassociate themselves. There's, a, from... there's
1: also the different categories
2: of women who kill and, you know, some mm. women who kill their children do so for altruistic reasons because they think they're doing the right thing. Some women mm. who do do it for completely malicious reasons, such as insurance money or because they don't want a child around and the others who participate in it um, oftentimes will do it at the behest of a man. And because of mm. a relationship or a need to satisfy a need to keep this man. So, it's almost like the wrong pri- prioritization mm-hmm. of your, your
1: values, whereas they think they need to keep this man and that's what defines them in yeah. some of these cases. Or they convince themselves that what they're doing is okay because you know this child is ruining my chances at this relationship and i deserve to be happy too you know women yep they find these ways yep the techniques of neutralization right absolutely do do you think
0: that that makes a person more dangerous or less dangerous or
1: you mean if they're able to have those like techniques of neutralization or justifications
0: if they're able to stay out of prison in the free world and use that and have the capabilities to murder somebody
1: (laughs) very dangerous yes you don't want them out
0: (laughs)
2: no we definitely don't but for those who are in for a very long time Obviously when they come out again, they probably won't mm-hmm. reoffend in the same way
1: yeah because I wonder situational
0: i'm I don't know this way one of you might know this, but I wonder if females like that that have those characteristics and everything in a prison setting if they just go to the top of the pecking order. or
2: no, because women who kill their children in prison oh, well, go to the here. bottom of the
0: yeah. so Stup- no Stupid question. Yeah, you're. No, but I know what
1: you mean. I know what you're saying. though. you're saying like yeah. That. I, you I, yeah. Have those let's like,
0: take away. Ch- let's yeah. take away child murderer and substitute yeah. it with a much more uh, yeah. uh, A prison friendly crime. You know, they kill <laughs> their Sin husband. Uh, oh, that's uh, prison
1: friendly. Yeah. 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 So
0: let's let's put it in that situation, but give them those same personality mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, I
1: mean, if someone right. how, how, yeah, how, how do they how
0: yeah how did how do they get by in prison are they well liked or do they burn every bridge and everybody's like yeah
1: i mean it seems to me that people have a personality disorder you know once a person disorder always a personality disorder yeah. right if you're manipulative outside prison and that you know that leads to you killing say your husband i would imagine that yeah i think it's you just have to differentiate
2: though between like mental health issues versus personality disorders personality right. disorders have A negative pattern of behavior that Mm -hmm. you know are harmful to others and to oneself Um, so I think that's personality disorder is sustained in prison and probably unfortunately probably they don't realize that it doesn't serve them well but it kind of superficially serves them well that make
0: sense? It does make sense. I'm asking some very logical questions. I just want to get the professional, <laughs> because you can explain it so well. That's why.
1: I thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're both very intelligent. That's why everybody should go listen to the shows. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like I've taken up enough of your time. So I thank both of you for doing this. And everybody should go check out Direct Appeal and Women in Crime. Go check out the Patreon. Do you have a Patreon for both? or
2: We have Patreon for Women in Crime right now. And then we are working on Direct Appeal Season 2 right now. So we will maybe have Patreon for that later on.
0: And I I know you're not far into Season 2 of Women in Crime right now, right?
2: We just started season two of women in I crime know, just past our one that. year anniversary. Thank you. So thank a, you for per- listening.
0: Oh, you're welcome. It's a, it's a perfect time to jump into the show. They can still catch it, you know, knock out the first season real quick and then be completely caught up with it. So binge it, you know, <laughs> totally. All right. Well, thank you both so much for coming on.
1: Thank Thanks, you. Chris. We really appreciate it. You're a lot of fun. And Chris, I need to ask you one quick question and feel free to use it or not, but what case keeps you up at night?
0: Yes. Oh my gosh.
1: He's going to have a list, too. I just want to know, like, I want to know, like, your top one or two. At, like, okay, killers. so
0: for a long time, it was the original Night Stalker case, or now the Golden State Killer case. Mm-hmm. But, right. You know, that was solved. So mm-hmm. that um, I think another case that really really puzzles me is uh okay so there's two one is kind of weird and the other one is just an uh unsolved uh serial killer case but the colonial parkway murders baffles me okay and and i think it's such an interesting case and there's another case called the atlanta bloodhouse and what happened i don't know that one so check this out. And I'm not into paranormal stuff. I'm not into conspiracy. I'm not into ghosts. I'm not into any of that. So let, I see me, where just, we're going. let me preface this by saying that I'm not one of those people. So, but this is super interesting. Um, it was sometime in the '80s. There was an elderly couple who lived in a house uh, around Atlanta, somewhere. And the, I believe, the woman went to take a, a bath or a shower, and I'm not sure what the guy was doing—maybe sleeping or something. But, anyways, they started to notice blood around the house, and it was everywhere in just the weirdest places. And uh, they were finding it, um, you know, lifting up furniture and finding blood, and it was all over the house, and. So they call the police, the police come and investigate and nobody knows what's going on. They get the blood and they test the blood type and it doesn't belong to either people who live in the house. Nobody had come in the house that they know. Is it animal blood
1: or human blood? No, it's human blood. They confirmed that
0: it was human blood. So yeah, it is the weird, nobody knows where the blood came from. It was fresh too. They said it was what fresh blood yeah and okay. they are like and it was all over the house in weird places the people were like we didn't see anybody in the house it's human blood didn't match the blood type of either of the residents it is and they, they were nuts. the ones who
2: called the police
0: they were the ones who called the police so you They're can't an,
2: you can't argue that they couple. killed someone in, oh it's an old couple you said. they
0: were super old oh my like gosh. not physically able to kill people <laughs> like that old so what are the
1: conspiracy theories
0: i I don't know. I, yep. I, I people are just so puzzled by it that there's like really not any theories. I I'm mean, going down know. the rabbit hole.
1: What's it called? One? The Atlanta Bloodhound case? Yeah.
0: Look up the Atlanta Bloodhouse. You'll you'll. A oh, bloodhouse it. Okay. Yeah. It is weird.
2: Thank you for that. Now you gave us something yeah. to rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. It's. Funky. We need to. We become obsessed too. Yeah. yeah.
0: This is a this is a crazy one. If you come up with anything, <laughs> let me know because <laughs>
2: bounce
1: my theory <laughs> off of you when we look it up. Yes. Oh my
0: gosh, I'm baffled by it. All right, cool. This Thanks so, so much. Yeah we yeah this was awesome. We can seriously
1: talk we can seriously talk to you for hours. This is so We we'll,
0: awesome. uh, we'll, we'll definitely do this again.